I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where you use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Dizzy is a Dizzy Kids. <laughs> you got it, man. You freaking got it. Just, just, so, just for background, guys. I wanted Ben to do it. Um, nah, pussy. I'm pussy. Pussy, pussy. pussy. I'll take that. Pussy, I'll take that. Pussy. I'll totally uh, take no, that. But, yeah. So, um, uh, for 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 those that don't know that, but go look up that particular. Um, it's a sample of. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you guys know what song I'm talking about, but yeah, go look up the sample. It's, it's actually bad. Like, I just, the I just find it. Uh, the sample's lit. Like there's a great song, the sample on its own. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's literally just, it just took it. It's just, it's just nothing, it's nothing done to it, but it's, it's the fact that it's the hook, it's fucking crazy. But anyway, we'll get to that when we get to that. We'll get to it. For now. Uh, hi Ben. How's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week? I had a really great weekend, but I did actually listen to so much music because we had a lot of, well, I had to listen to a lot of music for this podcast, but also so much music came out. People were saying it's a slow week, but honestly, it was a pretty big week. I'll start with... This is more of a stack week, to be honest. It was pretty pretty stacked, especially like lesser known acts, but um, I'll start with Uzi because Eternal Take finally dropped and I listened to it. God. What'd you say? Satake, get it right. Oh, is it? Yeah, Satano Watake. Oh, this guy, this guy doesn't know anime. There's something wrong with me, seriously. There's something wrong with me. Someone cultured. Little Uzi Vert, <laughs> Eternal Atake. Thank you, Charlie, for yeah, correcting yeah. me. Uh, oh, bro, this was easily the most anticipated album since Astro World, in my view. I have spun it through about eight times now. Because I analyzed it. I woke up at four o'clock on the morning that it dropped and it only dropped half an hour prior. And I just sat there and analyzed like the flows and everything. I went through everything. And it's not as good as Lover's Rage 2 or his two prior mixtapes. And I just feel people are saying it's mid or trash because they're expecting some sort of genre-defining, seamless transition piece of classic gold. It's not a bad album at all. It's a really, really solid album. And, you know, when Uzi said at the start of Love is, Love is Rage 2, he said, uh, you know, I'm the one. I'm the one that really started all this. And, you know, I changed a lot of you. In a matter of months, I raised a lot of you. That was honestly true. Uzi and Yachty were the SoundCloud golden boys. And I guess people were expecting more genre-defining music from him. And... It's a little bit safe, this album, and predictable. Uzi relies heavily on his production to kind of make up for the shortfalls in his experimental side. If you go back over his earlier music, there are some very similar flows and rhyme patterns and similar topics. And it was kind of, yeah, it was it was cutting edge about five years ago, four years ago, but maybe not so much in 2020. But honestly, man, it's a great album. Uh, the first six tracks are real slaps. There's 80%, 87% rapping on the first six tracks. Then the next two, like balance, rapping, and singing. 
And then the final three, he just goes crazy singing. Like, Futsal Shuffle is a real bop. Uh, the opening track is Fire. I just thought it was a good album. I think it's a good album. It was my favorite album of the week. I really enjoyed it. It's a banger. And, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to post statistics about it during the week. I've got a lot more analysis to do on it. Uh, I listened to Janae Aiko's Chilombo. Chilombo? I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I already messed up Eternal Atake, so I, I don't want to screw that one up as well. But the thing about the thing about Janae Aiko is, like, I really love this album. Okay, let me just say that off the bat. I really love this album. But the problem with Janae Aiko's modus operandi is that she makes albums that are basically big meditative experiences and anyone and and you know she talks about this all through her music you know it's it's like breathy it's asmr sometimes it's chilled vibes the thing about meditation is you don't want anything to break you out of the meditation if you're in a vibe and in a mood it's very hard to like curate and cultivate that for 63 minutes that's a long time and even the smallest thing can kind of jolt you out. So why in the world Janae felt it was a good idea to have Big Sean on this is beyond me. Because all of a sudden he just pops up and he's, you know, it's Big Sean. He's not, he's not, he's not nuanced or subtle, is he? He's never, been, he's never been subtle. So he just pops up like a giant, I don't know, building in the middle of your forest of meditation just standing there and I'm like, oh bro, no. And then that just like track two. You could have you could have gone back into it like I did, I did I I did get back into it. I honestly did. It was yeah, it was early in the track. But I was just like, nah, why? And apart from that, it was a good out it was a great album. Uh it was really interesting lyrically. She put Pray for You, which is a really sweet song about how Janae still wishes the best for an ex even if they aren't together but she put it right next to lightning and thunder with john legend which has got to be a painful listen for an ex-partner because Janae's singing about how deeply she's falling for someone new and how they've put spells on her and you know i was just like oh man you're, you're Janae's ex and you're listening to that song you're like oh it's really sweet and then the next song she's just singing about how some new man is like infinitely better than you and it's like oh that's not very nice but I, th- I really enjoyed this project. I thought it was a great project. It was exactly what I expected from Janae, to be honest. Uh, Megan The Stallion, Sugar, she just dropped this because of her, well, I don't think it was because of her label issues, but she's having big label issues. And one of my followers said that this album had him feeling like a bad bitch. And bro, this is just, <laughs> this album is fire front to back. She's hearing her rap over New York beats. They're hard as bricks, those beats, because she's a genuine spitter. And someone said to me, oh, I wish I'd, she'd change her flows up or, you know, be more of a technical what? MC. <laughs> Bro, but why does she even need to? Like, she is she just... Does. Yeah, I know she does. But even then, like, what do you want from her? Do you want her to be a lyrical, spiritual, miracle, whatever? Like, she, yeah. she's it's energy and vibe and emotion and power. Like... This is a great project. It's a bit short for me, but I really enjoyed that. Jewel Santana, Free Santana. Uh, it's crazy that all three Dipset members have dropped projects in the last 12 months, and you could easily give each of them an 8 out of 10. This is some of the hardest tracks I've heard in years. Um, Dave East actually sounds great on Pink Eagle. He sounded really good. Wish Me Well, Over the Top of God's Plan, which is a crazy beat, and Jewel sounds great on it. He even hops on Hail Mary, with Little Wayne by you know Park 
far out, man. That was really fire. So I love that album. Bancor Fresh in Bank We Trust. Rest in peace, Bancor Fresh. This is his first posthumous album and apparently the only posthumous album they're going to release. It was dropped on the anniversary of his passing. It's really, I'm not going to say much about it, but it's crystal clear that Bancor Fresh was Bancor Fresh was up next. He sounds unbelievable over quality production and he would have just been a fire feature artist. I would recommend people listen to this. It is a solid album front to back. Uh, quickly, I'll get into the underground artists I listen to. Anonymous, Before the Night is Over. Uh, Anonymous listener Jarvis as a heavy influence and he is way deeper than your average underground or whatever rapper like this is a guy who's carved out a solid career in interviews he talks about social conformity and creating a unique unique identity and how he actually he loves washed out and tame impala you know like this is a way deeper album than i've analyzed or like listened to in the underground for a while that's because i haven't been in the underground by the way charlie's the one who gives you guys all that i'm i'm listening to like the the i don't know uzis and stuff so this was great. I really enjoyed it. The whole EP just vibes and ebbs and flows. Uh, it's just impressive self-confidence and technical skills. So this is a great album. Tragedy by Snot. Weird name. Really weird name. Uh, Billy Eilish co-signs him, actually. So clearly he's authentic because Billy knows what's what's what. Uh, <laughs> he's, no guns here? No, no, no. no. Uh, it was trap focused, but yeah, it was a great album. He just kind of creates and doesn't worry about adhering to a standard or sound or a vibe. He's from Florida. Anonymous is from Florida too, actually. I didn't get Florida, Florida vibes from either of these, but it was West Coast sounds, New York sounds, but it didn't sound chaotic. It just sounded really uh, cohesive. I really enjoyed that project. Godemus, Godemus, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Distro Mag 3. Man, this was this threw me the fuck back. I got really heavy Chino XL and Aesop Rock vibes off this joint. Because I remember around 2005 when I was first diving into the underground, I would search, like Google search, best rapper in the world, underground. And I would end up with like Chino XL, Aesop Rock, Papoose, Immortal Technique, Abstract Rude. Rappers just known for bars, just bars on bars on bars. And the energy and presence that he has on this joint is earth shattering. I really get the impression that this is he's just supremely confident in his abilities and this was a great EP. Finally, sorry to take up so much time, but I got to graph Oracle 3. Now this is not the same graph that Kanye produced for in the late 90s. Graph is an artist from Queens and he spits this was really deep and passionate intellectual music. This album gave me the same feeling as I spoke about on this podcast when I was listening to Lost Tapes 2 by Nas. Like I was reading a book, like depth, stories, lyricism. He grabs Benny the Butcher, uh, which is always fire. Benny's a legend. Conway, King Crooked, Bun B, Ritz, Royce, Hobson all get features. It's an event record. And I really, really adore this album. It was probably, I didn't do my best to worst this week, but I think this was the best album I listened to this week. So Graph, Oracle 3, check that out because that is fire. Sorry, what what did you get into this week, Charlie? <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, so I go into uh, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I'll start with uh, 
Megan Sugar. Yeah. Because uh, I too wanted to feel like a bad bitch. Um, <laughs> don't we all at some <laughs> point in our life? Don't we all? Bro, man, this woman don't miss for me, man. Uh, I, I, granted, I haven't listened to uh, Tina Snow yet. Um, I, need, I need to go back to listen to that. But yeah, from FIFA onwards, she hasn't missed for me, honestly. Like this slaps. And just to clarify, it's an EP. Let's be real. Um, like it's clear that this was supposed to be a part of the album. But she had to drop it for whatever reason. I don't know. Yes, but yeah, it's, 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 it's an EP. It's a taster. Yeah. And boy, does it taste fucking good. Oh my days, it tastes so good. No skips on here, um, which is, well, which, that should that should be prerequisite if it's going to be a good EP. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's got some... Um, yeah, it's got some heat behind it. Um, Savage, B-I-T-C-H is a bop. Um, the music videos are, to that is of... Oh, Jesus Christ. Madness. Um... <laughs> Uh, and uh, the last two tracks was actually quite fascinating because uh, she went down the um, down the old harmonising route, which is uh, quite interesting. And uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. I did not mind it at all. It was quite, yeah, it's quite that was interesting. A bit fresh, a little bit fresh. Let's try something new. Didn't mind it. Did not mind it. Only criticism. That Gunner feature's got to go. I'm sorry. That Gunner feature's got to go. That yeah, what, that just what is that Gunner? was like that what was, is Gunner? That Can was like explain Gunner to me because I'm just not getting Gunner at the moment. That, I, I, uh, he that, actually made that, Little Baby worse. Like that feature was like I felt like throughout the EP I was going. I felt like I was in a Ferrari just like cruising, you know, cruising down the road, and then here comes Gunner with a fucking like f- fucking load of tar on the floor, on the floor, and it's just like. And then my car had to slow down. Like that's basically what it was for me. It was just like, why is he here? <laughs> it's I just, didn't get it, I don't Didn't get it. But apart from that, slaps. Um, you know, bangs on bangers and uh, some and some and some fresh and some fresher uh, switch ups uh, for herself uh, artistically. So I can't can't hate on that. Shout out to Megan. Uh, next, I went into which was it? Um, Twister's lifetime. All right. So I haven't listened to Twister since like. When did Kamikaze drop? Oh, was this was this was this Twister's EP? Sorry, did you say? Yeah, yeah, Twister yeah, Lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that. I missed talking I about that last I week. But, I haven't yeah. actively listened to Twister um, apart from like maybe a few features here and there, like in the past decade. But yeah, I've been. I didn't really to know. I didn't really know what what I was going into with this. To be honest, I don't. I don't. I went into like I don't really know Twister's sound. Um, after listening to it, so I was just like, I really haven't listened much Twister in my life, as I have I. Uh, and it, it was kind of evident, but you know, he rap, he, he he clearly raps great. Like he, he, we, we, this is undoubted. This is undoubted. Like you, you know, Twister's coming through with the heat. He's gonna, he's gonna give that speed, but it's, but it's, speed. it's fast. But you can keep up. You know what I mean? Like it's it's clear. He he speaks the words clearly. It's not like blah, 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 blah. he's not he's not he's not literally machine gunning it. Even though it sounds like he's machine gunning it, um, you can keep up. But yeah, he the, the was just yeah. um. I don't know. The beats were just odd to me. I was just like, there was one track that um, really flowed well for me. I forgot what the track was, but yeah. Overall, it's just um, I don't know. It just left me a bit, left me a bit perplexed. Um, I feel like if I probably go back and like listen to the rest of his stuff, maybe it all maybe it all sound the same. Maybe it will sound completely different. But I don't know. I guess I just had a different thought as to what a Twister song sounds like. Um, but yeah, so it's was, it was a bit of a, it was an odd listen for me. But um, yeah, if you if you got if you like your Twister bars, you get some Twister it's bars. Pretty, it's pretty standard Twister, to be honest. Like I've been up on his career okay. for a while, and it's you know it's not 
out there or anything like that. It's it's pretty standard what he's been doing lately. So yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, uh, CJ Fly. Rude oh yeah. Boy. Fucking love this album, man. I didn't talk about it, but I love this album. I too like this album. Okay. I'm not going to say I love this album. Okay. The only reason why is that I, I compare this kind of uh, this comp- this kind of album to something like Black Beans, uh, the currency and the uh, uh, currency, choosy and um, <laughs> so you keep fucking listen- uh, I keep fucking see- hearing about currency and I mean he's always dropping that. No, uh, choosy and exile, right? Uh, Black Beans, which one of my favorite albums from last year. And the reason why that was one of my favorite albums from last year is because it just wasn't it wasn't the fact that it was um, you know choosy talking about his life or whatever and you know having that latin flair that uh, that he can provide it's the fact that exile provides beats that are not just exile greatness but the sampling was just and the samples were just great because they sunk you in they really strapped you into that latin vibe latin samples and to me i feel like while i like this album and while i love static selector right and the beats and the beats themselves were amazing right really enjoyed the beats I felt like if you're going to call it Rude Boy and you're going to have Jamaican elements in your lyrics and how you sound and all of that, why not throw in some reggae samples or dub samples or just, you know, Caribbean sampling, you know what I mean? I didn't mm. get that side of it and I feel like that was that that could have just sent me over the top. Um, mm. With this, so yeah. While I do enjoy this album, um, Block Party is on my on my regular rotation with Kirk Knight. Really enjoyed that song. Um, yeah, and you know, it's it's a it's a great album. Don't get me wrong. I just felt like there was if they, if they just added that element, that one secret ingredient, just throw in some, just throw in some reggae samples, bro. Mm. Man, it could have been fucking lit. Could have been. Mm. Oh, could have really could have really been on my. Yeah, it could be really high up there on the on the on my the list in my mind at the moment that. I probably have like I don't know three albums on there at the moment. Um, actually, uh, as a minor side note, um, I said uh, it was like a, I said last year, this time last year that uh, Little Sims is grayer and Psychodrama are the best two albums out right now, and I'm I'm still I'm still waiting for those uh, for that album this year to be honest. I'm still waiting for that kind of album. Uh, but anyway, just a side note, and uh, yeah, so I also got into Jada Kiss uh, Ignatius. I didn't it, listen to this yet. I I don't know why I haven't, it, but okay, I'm scared it, now. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like like when you when you like listen to, when I listen to the locks, right? You know, it's it's grimy. You know, the, the voice goes with it. You know, when I listen to when we did that DMX ret- retrospective and like I kept like hearing the locks on it, I was like. Yeah, I can see why people fuck with these lot. I can see why people. I can see why Ben loves these lot so much. Every I've listened. To, I've, I haven't listened to many Jadakiss albums. I've listened like a bit of The Last Kiss. Um, I did listen to Top Five Dead or Alive, but the only the only. But that was like when it dropped, like f- like twenty sixteen or something. Yeah, the only song I remember back. that is um the only song I remember from that is like realisting the realisting the game and that shit slaps. I love that fucking song so much. That's so great. Um, it's like it's like gladiatorial. But yeah, I I just feel like it's just like why why is it pop rap, bro? It sounds it's like pop elements. I don't oh know. no, sounds, he didn't, did he? He didn't, sounds, did he? It's not it's not grimy. Oh. Like it's it's softish. Oh. You know what I mean? I don't know, bro. I, know I can't I can't yeah. really. 
I don't know, bro. bro I can't, this, is I can't... His, this is his solo career, man. Honestly, I'm I'm, I'm a huge Jadakiss fan, and I've I've adore yeah. his solo career because I love pop rap. But this is exactly yeah. what he's done on every fucking album, and it does frustrate <laughs> me because I'm like, it's 2020. Styles P is dropping like heat underground mixtapes and albums. You can yeah. do that too. Like, why do you need to keep digging, dipping back into this pop star bag? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he likes it. I, I just don't know. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, it's so. It's if what it is, it's it's okay. You know, it's, it's not my favorite album of all time, but it's okay. You know, it's a good listen. And, um, you know, nothing that you know uh, makes me makes me pull my ears away. Like, <laughs> there's no there's no skips here or anything. It was a fine listen front to back. But yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I felt like. Maybe it was my expectations. I just felt like I don't know. I just expected something different, but yeah, um, it's just how it is, I guess, in that front. And uh, lastly, uh, Janae's uh, Chilombo. Um, I listened to that today. I missed one. Uh, I missed one album, but I'll listen to that for next week. And um, yeah, I, I thought Janae's so fascinating to me. I love <laughs> it's Janae. Just so, like, like you said, like um, is is really like a low key meditative experience uh, that, that she tries to put on, but I just I just, I'm just so fascinated with how fucking freaky she gets, like lyrically. Uh, it's 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 funny how she has this vibe that's like so different to like someone like Megan, for example, right? But she has some filthy fucking lyrics. <laughs> filthy lyrics, bro. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that, man. Like sometimes you get into that vibe. I'm not shutting. I'm not shaming. But bro, like I was just like, oh, 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 damn, that was that was filth. Yeah, man, it just just hits you. It just hits you like a fucking frying pan, bro. It's so funny to me. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's Janae. You know, if you've listened to Janae before, you know it's 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 meditative. It's vibey. It's all that stuff. She's got the wispy voice. You know, it's, it's good. It's good, and the features actually really good, really good features on here. Nas' like, feature um, was good. Nas' feature yeah, I, was I great. like the features. All, I liked all the features on there. I don't Blau, think, I I think I don't Blau think. was on there. He was amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. There's some there's some great features on there. But yeah, it's a decent album. I don't know. I was I was trying to th- think about why I didn't listen to her previous album Trip. I think it was just because it was too long and I didn't bother. But that um, one was yeah, it was a long yeah yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, but I'm, I might I might get back into that. Um, um, well. I might get into it for the first time at some point, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see on that front. But anyway, we shall get to our topic of today, of this episode. I keep saying today, because not today, because time doesn't exist in podcasts. That's true. <laughs> it's the only place it doesn't. Uh, smokes blunt. Um, and yeah, so since it's Women's History Month, um, I gave the idea to Ben that we should do some uh, women... Uh, centered content and uh, he obliged so I've for, so for this particular episode uh, um, well, well we'll we'll keep the we'll keep the next uh, next uh, two under wraps but um, we'll or wrap. two slash three they can um, be fun and, uh, huh they can be great I'm really excited for them to be 100% yeah, honest yeah, like those yeah, artists it, we, you guys we, got, yeah yeah we've got a good slate we've got heat. a good uh, we've got a good uh, schedule going on right now. it's gonna be some it's gonna be some good great artists to talk about um so yeah, for this episode, we're talking about Missy Elliott. Um, I recently listened. I recently watched like an interview she did with uh, Jesus and Mero, and uh, it was just uh, very. It was, it was just very um, interesting because uh, I, I I just I just I just I just I just started like thinking about her resurgence in the past like few years in terms of like how 
you know, everyone loves to like give the everyone loves to give that um the saying like you know give someone their flowers you know before while they can still smell them, and I feel like we're doing that with Missy at the moment in the past few years. Um, yeah, I feel like since like from from like two thousand and six to twenty sixteen, I feel like Missy just. I mean, I know she didn't fall off the face of the earth, but it but like mainstream wise to me and uh, just cuz I wasn't checking for her um she just she just wasn't anywhere to be seen and then uh, in the past couple of years everyone's just been going like you know we need to give Missy praise and stuff like this and you know it's all rightly so and we're going to make that and we're going to try and validate that I guess in this episode but yeah um I don't <laughs> where to begin with Missy where to begin and uh as always, I'll throw that uh, responsibility to Ben on that front. So let's get. To well, it. I think I think the thing that people don't understand about, or not don't understand, but like, as you say, the new generation is now being exposed to people saying Missy is a genuine legend, and facts. The fact that she's been out of the mainstream for such a long period of time, she pops up occasionally with that Pharrell joint, uh, what the fuck, or where they from. And uh, there was another joint that she did. I can't believe I'm blanking on it. I love I love Missy's later career work, but I mean her last album was what 07 and or 06. So she's yeah. been kind of out of the limelight for a long time, and people are looking around like she's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. She's you know uh, 05 05. The cookbook came out in 05, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm better. That was a 2017 single. I really enjoyed that. Uh, where they from came out in 2015. That went platinum and went number 22 on the Hot 100. Yeah, so that's yeah. that was a that was a big song. But you know, yeah. everyone was kind of like prior to that, her biggest song was "Lose Control" in 05. You know, and it was a massive banger. But she went seven years without dropping a single. 08 to 2015, and she popped yeah. up on some features, but it was rare. You know, from 09 to 2012, she was on nothing. So three years, basically two years, where she she didn't do anything. So I guess what I want to look at is her influence and why people place such a high importance on Missy, the artist, and Missy, just the icon, and why she was actually really influential back in the 90s. Now, I'm going to speak on, like, I'll speak on specific topics, and then, you know, Charlie can speak on that, and we'll do the music last, because the music's very important, but we first have to understand, because Missy... Look, Missy was a reluctant artist. Let's put it that way. Missy was always behind the scenes. She created a, a an R and B group back in the early '90s called Phase, and they were picked up by Jodeci, Devonte, uh, and they auditioned for him. And yeah, that's how they kind of got on, and that's how Missy got on. But she was always more interested, and I've I've read a lot of interviews with her in just writing songs for others and producing. She wasn't a massive fan of being the 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 main event and the main artist. So the mm-hmm. first reason, I, the first thing I want to look at is the creation of her record label. Now, I've gone back and had a look around, and I can't find, I'll ask you this, Charlie, I can't find another record label helmed by a female rapper. Can you think of one? Did Lauren have one? <laughs> That's a great question. Throw me into the deep end. Um, I could not find one. Wow. I I I. Off the bat, off the right off the bat, I can't think of anybody. That is a great bloody question. But Damn. see, I'm, I've just googled. 
I've just Googled Queen Latifah. Maybe she <coughs> had one. Verve. No, she. I don't think she had one. She didn't have one. Look, this is the thing. This is my thing with this whole thing. If I ask you to name a, ra- a male rapper label, you could probably name me 20 off the top of your head immediately. But... Yeah, you, you, yeah, you shut me up. You shut me up with this one. I'm, I can't think of nothing, bro. I can't. That's what I thought. I even got to that point and I was like, I'm Googling uh, record labels owned by rappers. And there was a, an article with 30 rappers and Missy was the only female rapper. I couldn't find another one. And I Googled like all the you know famous female rappers. Uh, Nikki doesn't even have one. So, so back in this is the this is the key. Back in the mid '90s, Missy was heating the fuck up behind the scenes, like really heating up. She she and Timberland had written for Aaliyah. She'd written for TLC, Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans. Like she was blowing up, and Diddy picked her up and gave her some of her first vocal uh, features. So she was on the Gina Thompson joint. She was on a couple of other Bad Boy joints, and Diddy really really wanted to sign her to Bad Boy. But she chose to sign with Sylvia Roan and Elektra because Elektra promised her if she released one solo album, then she would be able to create her own label and uh, Elektra would then distribute the releases from that label. And that's really what Missy wanted. So she signed, this is, you know, she signed three female rappers to that label and 11 of the 13 signees to the label are women. And I want to speak on that a little bit because... You know, she was basically the female Jay-Z. Like, if you think about Jay-Z back then, he started Rockefeller for that very reason. Jay-Z actually said that he assumed that he would only release one album, and that would be Reasonable Doubt. And then he would heat the streets up a little bit, and then he would just fade into the background and just work as the head of the label and putting other people on. And Missy definitely wanted to do that. She said that she recorded her first album in two weeks, and there was no pressure she was just like, I'll just put this out. I'll get, I'll, I'll satisfy that clause in my Electra contract, and then I'll create my record label, and then I'll be basically, you know, a mogul in that sense. So I think that's incredible. And what surprises me, and maybe I'll ask you this, Charlie, why the fuck has no one else followed this path? I don't get that. I, I've always wondered why Nikki doesn't have her own label. I never understood why female rappers haven't grasped that the way that male rappers have do you think it's do you think it's sexism in the industry do you think it's harder for women to do that like why do you think that is um god you hear me with all the fucking questions bro. sorry sorry but i'm just <laughs> uh, really no, it's, interested it's, no, it's in good this. it's good it's good because these are legit questions that practically uh, honestly need answering like um I think um, I think you could clearly, you know, make a case for, you know, several things, uh, several factors. Um, you kind of stated one of them. Like, I think just straight up misogyny is definitely a factor. Um, I think another factor is that women have, I don't want to say more opportunities, but different opportunities compared to men. Um, in terms of just, like, how they can use, obviously, their looks in more creative ways. That just came out really weird. I don't know why. Is that a weird thing to say? <laughs> I just felt weird coming out. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, in terms of, like, fashion and stuff like that, obviously, we obviously said uh, mentioned Rihanna in previous episodes. 
Um, and that's all I'm trying to, and that's all I can like think about in terms of like a, a comparison um, is like Rihanna. Like, obviously, she has her own businesses outside of music, but obviously not a label like Missy does. Um, I don't know, bro. It's a damn good question about why why I don't. Yeah, I, I really. But even with that said, right? Um, I feel like we have we 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 give the we can sometimes give the label uh, creation thing a bit of. Uh, I think we put sometimes too much. Uh, what's the word? Um, emphasis on it. You know, sure, sure, sure. Nas has you know mass appeal, but that mass appeals under another another thing. You know, I mean, like all these labels that we can name, they're under like Warner Brothers, Prince, all imprints. of that. Yeah, yeah. So There's a lot of them are vanity. Vanity is a good word. A lot of them are vanity labels. Not all of them are vanity labels. I don't want to say that. Like Young Money, I would not say is a vanity label, but maybe something like Free Bands right. by Future. Is a vanity yeah, label, or yeah, yeah, even yeah. O- yeah. maybe not OVO because Drake is just so big. But the difference <laughs> I think in a vanity label is that it's basically been given to a rapper. You know, it's part of their clause. They want to kind of put their you know favorite artists on, but it doesn't really have any autonomy. It doesn't. It's not functioning separately. Yeah. It doesn't have a yeah, separate yeah. building or a separate floor. You know, it's just. You know, yeah, all right, we'll give him kind of a label situation, but there's no real, it's just the name. Yeah. Yeah, not to say, like, it's, label labels are being given, like, hotcakes. It's, it's not that, but no, 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 I no. feel like to truly, I think to truly do something in the vein of Missy doing it, and this is just not, this is, um, you know... Uh, not even directed to females, it's directed to females and males, actually. It's directed to all of them. Like, if you want to do it in a way that Missy has done it, and I say that not knowing um, if it's completely independent or not, um, it, 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 takes a, it takes a different type of um, dedication. And that may be why she fell off the face of the earth for a few years. Because, you know, like I said, um, I forgot what episode I said it with, but... Um, uh, you know, the fact that J. Cole has Dreamville, I said that if he wants to um, really make Dreamville, you know, a really, an even better label than it is right now, he has to stop rapping. Because it mm. takes focus in that kind of sense. You can't, you, mm. I, don't, I don't think that's something you can, you can juggle it. Of course you can juggle it. But... You know, like a another. You know, I'm going to say Nas and Mass Appeal again as a just a generic example. If Nas didn't, um, you know, rap like uh, he does now and again, and just focus mainly on Mass Appeal, and obviously he has his other businesses, you know, in Hennessy and Bevel and other things. You know, if he just had Mass Appeal, maybe Mass Appeal would be much bigger than it is. I'm not saying the Mass Appeal ain't big, by the way, but you know, you know what I mean. It's not. It's not. You know. Top tier, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's it's a fascinating road to go down. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting that um, Missy is just like that outlier in all of it. Um, yeah, she I, I, is, uh... Going back to your question, I really don't have an answer for it. Um, it's just it's it is just a it does leave me complex just to think about it. To be honest. 
Well, the thing about Goldmine, like you asked if it was independent, it is apparently not an imprint of any major label. So it's just okay. distributed by... So yeah. it was distributed by... Originally by Electra, now it's distributed by Atlantic, which means that she has full autonomy. And if we have a look back over... You know, I, I, I agree with your point entirely. If you look at Rockefeller, you might say that's the uh, exception to the rule, but it is definitely not because Jay had uh, Kareem and... Kareem Burke and Dame Dash, of course, behind the scenes. Yeah, and Dash, exactly. Dame Dash so was doing all the business. They focused on the business side, yeah. Yeah, and so Hove was just rapping and, and promoting products and stuff like exactly. that, and they were doing the business side of it. Yep. And, you know, you look at Dre with Aftermath. Like, he took a huge step back to, to cultivate that label. Mm-hmm. Diddy with Bad Boy. Diddy, Diddy wasn't putting out an album a year, you know, and when he was putting out an album, it was to promote his artists, and people yeah. were writing for him. So... That's a great point. But the thing about Missy dropping off the map, you know, it's she was still riding behind the scenes, but you're right, you know, it's like there was still a lot of singles coming out from the label around that time. So I think she was more focused on that and other things as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was just interesting. Like I, I really found that interesting that she was one of the only ones and no one's kind of picked her up on that, th- like picked up on that thread so far. It's possible that, Maybe only Nikki and Cardi are really big enough to have done that. I, I don't know that any other female rapper after the 90s, you know, like Lil' Kim, DeBrat, they could have, Foxy could have probably done it. But yeah, nowadays, I don't know that there's any rappers outside of Nikki and Cardi that could have really done that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't want to read their minds or anything, but, you know, it's not, it, people don't go in, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, People don't go into the music music industry as artists to eventually become label heads. You know what I mean? It's like it's not like yeah. I want to be a music executive when I grow up. It's not it's not a, it's not an aspirational goal for most people. Um, you know, they just some of them just like you know get a get a career, and I guess in that case, it's more of a comf- comfortability thing. It's just like you know. Oh, good! I have a career. I've achieved. I've achieved my my dream. Let's uh, let's ride this wave, kind of thing. You know what I mean? For, so, you know, and and that's not that's not to say that they don't have. You know, they didn't have like you know drive to, you know, extend or anything or I don't know to become billionaires or whatever. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Don't want to read their minds again. But you know, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not something that people think about you know i don't i don't i don't say i want to be a studio head when i grow up <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it, i want to i want to be a head of a production uh, uh studio for when i grow up so it's like nice no, it's, it's just it, it's just how some people find their path i guess and, it's, and that's just how it goes sometimes some people don't have a career in music so instead they go on the business side of it and then yeah. they go via that and that's all it is. So you know, that's just that may that may be the case in, for most of them. Um, just don't know who. <laughs> but yeah, well, just a, yeah, just I a mean, theory up just for, for just just to end that. Like we also have to remember that there's a smaller amount of female rappers in the at the pinnacle of the mainstream, like a significantly smaller yeah, amount. So bottleneck. You know that that means that the variability in people actually wanting to do this is going to be significantly 
less people doing it because there are just less women at yeah. the top of at, with yeah. the capability and the platform to do it so exactly yeah. you know yeah. that makes sense I'll, I'll jump on to the next part because i think this is fucking essential and i think this is a part of missy's music that people have misconstrued so missy has no male cosign now i don't i'm not here for this timberland stuff let me explain <laughs> why this is the case go get miss Missy and Timbaland knew it. No, I'm not. Sh- I'm not shitting on Timbaland, by the way. I'm shitting on people who say that Missy wouldn't have blown up without Timbaland. Missy and Timbaland knew each other from way back. Okay, they were introduced together by Magoo, who people will know did those really bad albums with Timbaland. <laughs> but Magoo was actually a bit of a prodigy back in the day. Like he was picked up first by Devante, and he yeah. So anyway, but but. They were introduced in high school, okay? So Missy formed her R&B group called FaZe, and Timbaland was their DJ and produced for them. Now, FaZe blew up, and they got a couple of tracks on the radio, and so they ended up, as I said earlier, auditioning. It was an impromptu audition for Jodeci and Devante, and he had his own record label and production collective. Now, Devante wanted to sign Missy's group FaZe, but he already had his own producer for them. He had a producer picked out. He told them he didn't need Timbaland to produce the music. Missy said, it's a package deal. Timbaland comes with us or we don't come at all. So Missy brought Timbaland along. And the interview with Magoo, he was talking about how Missy was always going to bring them along. She brought Magoo along with her as well. And Missy was always, it was kind of like whoever got on first was going to bring the others along with them. Timbaland was a DJ back then, you know, this was prior to Pony by Genuine, and he was producing well, but he wasn't the outstanding producer he is now, like the one who, you know, pushes a boundary and stuff like that. So what I want to say is that Missy and Timbaland were not always equals. It was Timbaland that had to catch up to Missy, not the other way around. No one put Missy Elliott on. Missy Elliott put everyone fucking on. And when they were writing together, it was a 100% collaborative thing, you know, when they were writing for Aaliyah. And so I read a couple of articles where they were talking about Missy's Missy's debut album and how Missy says, you know, she she shouts Timbo out a lot and Timbo has some ad-libs and they were a bit critical of the fact that Missy was still diving back into that male cosign because if you remember back, and it's it's still a thing that's true now, it's this trope in hip hop that female rappers need a male rapper to put them on or a male cosign. Like Lil' Kim and Biggie, Foxy Brown and Jay-Z, Iggy Azalea and T.I., Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne, Remy Ma with Big Pun and Fat Joe, DeBrat and Jermaine Dupree, even Swizz Beats. Like, it doesn't stop. It does not stop. I googled all these famous female rappers. I would say Cardi hasn't doesn't have a, a famous male cosign. Um, but you know, she's only had one album, so I'm not sure what will happen with her career, but, and I'm not saying she's going to, I love Cardi. I hope she continues, but you know, she might, she might've just be a one hit wonder. We're not sure yet, but yeah, this whole idea of female. And, and again, this is another thing that Missy's on the ledge on her own on, because I can't think then apart from Cardi of a female rapper who came after Missy that didn't have a male cosign when they got on. I'm just confused by this as well. It's like Missy keeps breaking down these doors for everyone. And for some reason, I don't know what the reason is, no one walks through the door after her. So, yeah, I wanted to dispel that myth. Okay. 
<laughs> no, you completely. I think I think you're pretty right, honestly. Um, and answering your like half questions, like why isn't anyone like Missy? It's because because nobody's like Missy, I guess. It's just like. But I, do you think? I, no, listen. This is. But like, if Rhapsody, so let's say Rhapsody gets put on by Jay Z, right. and she has been. But 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 back in the day, that's one of people to understand. Putting on is a lot different to signing to your label. Putting on was like Biggie writing all of fucking Lil Kim's bars, or Jay Z getting Foxy on his first hit single, or Ti literally bringing Iggy Azalea and like promoting her, or you know Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne was the biggest artist in the world in the late nineties. He uh, sorry late two thousands. He was massive. He's hopping on her fucking mixtapes and getting him on, getting her on his mixtapes and his albums. That's mm-hmm. huge. Now if Hove. Um, this is just purely hypothetical because everyone knows Rhapsody is in my top 10. I adore her, but she doesn't have the mainstream success. Now, let's say Hove uh, picks her up and puts her all over uh, Magna Carta Holy Grail, gives her three tracks on that, and then her next album, uh, maybe he gives her a verse on Tom Ford or Holy Grail or something like that. God and then no. her... <laughs> I know, but they were big songs. I, I hate Holy Grail. It's a bottom, yeah, continue, five, Jay- it's a bottom five Jay-Z song. But then, you know, uh, Rhapsody's next album, Jay-Z, has three features on. That's what they used to do back then. So then all of a sudden, like, you know, Rhapsody's charting top 10 probably because Hove's all over it. It's getting so much more press. I don't know what I'm, what my point is here, but, like, it just hasn't happened. It just... what? Right. My point, I guess, is that Rhapsody is at that skill level where she could... She should theoretically have broken into the mainstream just off the strength of her rapping yeah, ability, yeah. like yeah. Kendrick level. You know, right. like I'm not saying that she's as good as Kendrick, but yeah. she's on that fucking level. Right. And it just hasn't happened to her. Is that because she doesn't have a male cosign? Like I'm just confused about the whole way this works out. I don't understand yeah. it. Well, firstly, as a side note, um, why, why, why Justin Timberlake, bro? Like, why not like John Legend? That would have been. That why would have did he try so to get harder. Justin Timberlake to sing like real dirty, gravelly soul as well? Yeah, like, like it's it's literally it's literally bro, it's literally like that was made for John Legend. Like this fucking piano's on it. Like you could have literally just got John Legend on it and it would have slapped. Like that, uh, that was a fail. But anyway, <laughs> that's just a gripe fail. I have with that particular song because that song had potential. L. I think it's a triple but, um, L. Yeah, it's dead dead track. But. Um, yeah, I think Rhapsody is a good example for this conversation. Um, what I will say is that, you know, previously she was a member of Cooley High, uh, which is a hip-hop group in uh, North Carolina. Um, and obviously then she, you know, knife one o'clock to her and voila, basically. <laughs> not, not to simplify it, but voila. You know, the, uh, you know he does Jamla, she joins... And she becomes, she is literally, we don't, we don't, we don't like, you know, understand that she is literally the face of that label, right? And, you know, you guys may not know the names of anybody on there, but trust me, they're all good, right? But she, she's just on another level in that case. But, yeah, you know, but I think, I think if Rhapsody, like, um, uh, didn't have, let's say, Actually, I don't even want to say. I don't even say it like that because Missy, you know, you don't want to call it. You don't want to call it a Timberland cosign. Sure, is a co. Is a team up. Let's just say that it's a team up, right? Knife Wonder is uh, obviously at that point already had a fucking legendary catalog as it was from 
Destiny's Child to fucking Jay. She he did he 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 worked with everybody at that point, right? And with that said, but with that said, I feel like Rhapsody, you know, this not this like like a cosine isn't the like a you know I feel like we're putting like a a flavoring of um oh they 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 don't need it kind of thing you know it's it's it helps it helps you know it helps um but I, I you know I personally feel like if um if the wonderful pairing of knife and rhapsody didn't exist I think rhapsody still uh, would make it probably not to Grammy nominated status but. To a to a status where we uh, where some people would recognise her, but even with that said, you know she's talented. And Missy was also talented, and also you know in Missy's background, as you as you as you said uh, alluded to at the start, you know she was in an R and B group. She was you know songwriting for other people. She was getting a she she was already making a name for herself, not mm. the name, but a name for herself as a songwriter. And I feel like this is a whole. I feel like this whole um, conversation could be um, uh, umbrellaed uh, into how oh, we think we think producers aren't respected enough. Oh shit! Let's talk about songwriters. My god, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, clearly in the industry sense she made a name for herself, right? And she was she was already known in the industry in some sense. But the fact that Timberland came through, and obviously they grew up in the same neighbourhood or whatever, they both grew up in Virginia Beach, so, you know, in that case it was just a match made in heaven. But, and and this, and this isn't me saying, by the way, that, like, Rhapsody's on the same level as Missy. Obviously Missy has done a lot more. Um, but... It's an interesting, uh, but I, f- I did find that an inter- interesting comparison. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like you know the obviously we in in our in in our you know first world society we love to give Timbaland the praise, um, and if we can get into our music, just a little, uh, just a just a, a little segue into it. I listened to uh, I listened to Super Duper Fly, and uh, I literally just said the second album name before we got on wax. I totally forgot the name of it already. <laughs> the second it's album, real I well. forgot. Yeah, yeah, the the, um, and then it got to, uh, and then I got to like a bit of Missy, and then, uh, and then I got to uh, a bit of Under Construction. Now the 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 last two albums I just said had Missy production, right? The first two didn't. Mm. I prefer the last two. Just so saying, <laughs> it's, so just, it's just, it's just, it's just. I'm not shitting on Timberland. I'm not shitting on Timberland. I'm just saying. You gotta be careful with that. So addictive, you, you, you so addictive, and under construction have have some better beats. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I prefer the beats no, on do. there. It's objective. I think it's yeah, objective. It, yeah, it's just that's just me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making any. I'm not making any shots. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I I feel like you're. I feel like you've been alluding to this whole episode. To be completely honest, that um, Missy could have been where she was at without Tim. I, I just want to pose that uh, statement to you, sir, and uh, see how you react. Do Fuck you yeah. dare then... say that Missy would have survived without Timberland? Fuck yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 100% Like, fucking right. Conviction. Now, like now what, the one thing I thought about while you were speaking then is this, and this is an interesting... We might have to leave this for another podcast and another time, but how many male rappers got on without a cosign because... There aren't going to be a huge amount, 
And secondly, is the producer or the person behind the scenes the one like like let, let me just pose it this way so we think of the the people that artists have put on dr dre who's he, who he's put on right. uh diddy who's who he's put on mm-hmm. uh pharrell pharrell clips and pharrell like goes together swiss beats and dmx like kanye west and kid cuddy and kanye west and you know etc etc right that I haven't fully formed that thought yet, but the way I'm thinking it is that you get a really fucking top-tier producer behind you and all of a sudden you are catapulted into the stratosphere. And maybe that is why this whole cosine thing, maybe it isn't gender-specific, maybe it's a genuine thing that happens. Like, look at Wheezy and and Manny Fresh even. You know, Mm -hmm. Juvenile and Manny Fresh. Manny Fresh has you know, a fucking Drake in 40. Like, I want to ask that question one day. Where would Drake be without 40? Because I want to know the answer Woo. to that question. Great yeah, hypothetical. That's I'd some, love just looking at a uh, parallel universe. <laughs> that's some deep shit, right? Like, that's some yeah. crazy stuff, you know? So, yeah, and and even future without Zaytoven. Like, th- so that mm. might be a thing that we would have to discuss another time. So maybe this isn't gender-specific, but jumping back to what you just said... Fuck yeah, Missy would have been on without Timbaland, and I don't even think it's a it's a question that those later albums are better production wise than the early albums. I think the early albums are they sound a little bit dated now production wise. Timbaland, Timbaland, I I love Timbaland. He's in my top ten, easy, maybe my top five producers whoa, whoa. of all time. Pause hey, that's me. All of this, no, 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 no. Pause all of this, right? Let me, I, I need to stop you. I need to stop you, right? right? So right, you just right, went over. You just went like a good minute or so, just listing off, you know, amazing produ- uh, producer uh, and artist, um, you know, team ups, right? And co-signs, uh, where you want to call it, right? Yes. And then you're saying like Missy would have sort of, would have been where she's at without Timberland, and now you're going that Timberland's top ten in your in your own personal list. Yeah, but don't, what, don't you realize the in that, bruv? Don't you realize that how great Missy is then in that equation? Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm completely understanding what you're on about, but I'm just saying like so you're saying Timbaland ain't on that level. If Missy's gonna be fine without him in this hypothetical, right? And then like you said, Drake and Forty, interesting uh, scenario. You know, maybe that would have maybe that maybe Drake would have just plummeted to the floor. We don't know. Yeah, but Drake doesn't produce. Like, what, well, what my difference is here right. that Missy would have been fine writing okay. her own music. That's okay. that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not. Okay. I'm not trying to say that. Um, you just worded it interestingly. You just worded yeah, it interestingly. Like, gave I the context that. that like Timberland's garbage or whatever. Well, not not Timberland's garbage, but like Timberland's like you know he's cool. He did all right. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I do okay. understand that. I okay, honestly think so. The the thing that I found that was uh, kind of class leading about those early those first two albums was, and people keep saying this female rapper thing. To be fair, Missy doesn't rap a lot on those first two she albums. Really, that's exactly what I was gonna. I was gonna say like when we get into the music stuff, I was gonna say like like there's a lot of just there's singing. a lot of just like yeah, it's a lot of singing. There's just a lot of R and B elements mixed in with some hip hop elements, like and. Other things um, in certain songs, but yeah, man, her R and B background shines in those pre- uh, first two albums. She sounds great on them. She sounds yeah, really man. great. And my, I always got the feeling that Missy was uh, 
reluctant rapper. You know, yeah. I really didn't get a lot of rap vibes off Super Duper Fly, and it was wasn't really until Bussa Rhyme off The Real World and Eminem had like three yeah. verses, I think, on that, and he he slayed them. Yeah, the beat switch, and then Missy rapped, but it, it almost felt like she was rapping because M was rapping. It was like, oh, bust the song's called Bust a Rhyme, so I pro- should probably bust a rhyme, you know? <laughs> so I, and, and even in her later music, you know, she did rap a lot more, but I never yeah. felt like she was rapping heavily, and that saddens me because whilst I like Missy's R&B side, I felt like it was very TLC, very... You know, it wasn't it wasn't super different to what I had been hearing on the radio already, um, yeah. and that's because Missy was writing for all these people. You know, exactly. like <laughs> it's not their sound; it's Missy's sound. They just they didn't interpolate it. She gave them their, the words it, and the, yeah, the, the song. It, it's, yeah, it's 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 Quincy Jones esque. Oh like, yeah, it really Jones, is Quincy yeah. Jones esque. It's not obviously on the level of Quincy Jones, but it's Quincy Jones esque, like of just how. He had his finger in every single pie, like back in the day, and you just know it. Like you, you hear in the production, or you hear it in the writing, you hear it in the editing, you just hear it, and it's just like that's Quincy, that's Quincy, that's Quincy, that's Quincy. It's and you like that with this. It's just like that's Missy, that's Missy, that's Missy. It's just crazy to it's it's amazing to think about, honestly. Like the the I think the. The uh, li- listening back to him now, and I didn't really appreciate this until now, to be honest. Now that I've listened back to some of these, right, um, with uh, with my fully formed uh, mind about uh, about uh, music and stuff, you know, it's 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 crazy. Like, I've I've always seen her as like you know a, just a one of the epitome of hip hop, you know, artistry, right. But fucking hell, man! She just had so many, so much flavor, mm. and so many different elements going about. Like you said, the rapping is minimal, especially mm. in the first album. The first album mm. looks the most hip hop. She has many <laughs> but, bars. But, like, she's, on her at but all. she's just like she's just like she's giving the she's doing the singing. And then she's like putting the brat on to, for a verse. She's putting little Kim on for a verse. She's the putting Buster Rhymes on for an intro and outro. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I feel like I feel like the 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 overall picture of Missy Elliott has been a bit skewed here because I feel like like she's pretty, she's nearer to an R and B artist to to a hip hop artist. But you know, she, but in that but with that case, and you know, we've met, we've had the conversation about labels before. And I want to say here, this woman is labelless. Like you, you can't label this woman. Like she can do anything. <laughs> it's cr- it's actually fucking mad how she could literally do anything. Not not to the um, not to not to like the uh peak of whatever um uh, genre or element she's um she's she's going off on, right? We we can agree on that, right? It's not like she yeah, yeah. she hasn't she's, produced the greatest, the greatest R&B ever. Yeah, she hasn't produced no. the greatest hip hop ever. But no. fucking hell, can she blend? Like it blends so effortlessly. That's the key, right? and it really That's creates a different thing. Like she isn't she 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 she's not like Teddy Riley in the case of like you know creating New Jack Swing specifically. But she's very close. Like she just creates a Missy. She when you hear a Missy Elliott track. You you know it ain't you know it's nobody else. It's unmistakable, 
And that's like that's... a footprint that just can't be explained. I know I've tried to, but it really can't. I don't think it can be explained. It's just Missy Elliott. Like, you hear a track, that's Missy Elliott. You don't know how you know it, but you just know it's Missy Elliott. Even if it's like a deep cut, you're like, that's, that sounds like Missy Elliott. Hmm. Well, that's why some of these artists are called aliens. Like, I place her next to Andre in that sense where it's not imitatable. You know, a lot of a lot of artists will create or create a new wave or create a new sound or, you know, cobble together elements to create something new and then everyone will be doing it. And I always use this as an example, but Kanye on 808s and everyone's still doing it today. But that's like... Missy, you couldn't imitate it. She was too unique. And even if you did imitate it for like one song, the next song would be completely different. And the thing that I really loved about her and Timberland's collaborations were Timberland was always, I listened to his music and his beats on other artists, especially with Jay-Z. It's like it sounded like literally nothing else on the album. Like you'd be going along and listen to Blueprint and then Hola Ho Vito will come on and you'll be like, the fuck is this mm. like all these chopped up soul samples and and beautiful sounds and then that comes on or you know dirt off your shoulder comes on off black album and you're just like whoa that's different that's different even magna carta holy grail his production on that was freaking fire but you listen to the rapper over the top of that production there's a there's a great scene in fade to black where uh, he's playing Jay-Z Dirt Off Your Shoulder and he's like playing him all the beats he has, you know, in the cut. And he plays a ludicrous track, which would become a ludicrous track. And Jay-Z like passes it off. But it's so weird and, and the time signature is crazy. But when you hear these rappers, even the, someone like Ludacris, who is really, you know, out there and really alternative anyway, he just sounds like a rapper on them. But when you get Missy on top of these beats, it's like... It shouldn't. It could be like oil and water, theoretically, because they're both so experimental and both so out there that it could just create something like a complete mess. It could be like Speeding Bullet to Heaven by Kid Cudi. Like it could be, you know, almost verging on unlistable at times. But Missy is such a fucking incredible artist that she finds pockets that do not exist. She creates pockets. She creates sounds. She creates flows. And all of a sudden, she's just taking you on this journey that you know that no other artist is going to be able to take you on. It doesn't exist. Like, Missy's just created it. And once she's created it, you can't imitate it. You know, that's one thing I, you know, Jay-Z said a few times that his flow was getting bitten a lot by other artists. Mm. To me, that's like, okay, they can bite your flow? Like, that's not always the best. Now create a flow that no one can bite. Like, Andre does that. Andre flows in a way that you can't, you can't imitate it. And that's, to yeah. me, that's why Missy and Andre are very similar is that they were just so out there and so unique and so just incredible at their job that mm. nothing sounded like them. And I honestly feel, you know, I felt like her music got better with time. Uh, that might be an unpopular opinion that I don't really like Super Duper Fly that much. I understand why it was, you know, class leading and genre leading at the time because it really fused R&B and hip-hop in a completely different way. You know, Lauren did it, but Lauren did it so pure, so beautifully pure, that it was just perfection. This was not perfection from Missy and Timberland, but it just sounded insane. And then I just felt as the beats got more, 
hip hop based and more aggressive and more like just banging slaps, it just got even crazier. Like how you get to this is not a test with tracks like Pass That Dutch, Wake Up with Jay Z, This Is Our Last Time. Uh man, this this whole thing, pump it up with Nelly, let it bump, they're just fucking bangers, man. And I felt like her career just she just got better and better with time. Yeah, for real. Well, let's do that actually. Let's rank her albums then since you're since you were pretty pretty much there. Uh, so we have the five. Uh go from five to one if you can. You go, you go, because I'll. Uh, oh, fuck's sake. I just talked. I, I just talked. I can't. I can't bogart the whole. Okay. Podcast. Well, while I get off the discography, uh, one point I wanted to make, like just going off yours and semi off mine as well. Like, I didn't. I didn't. Like, like I said, she does. She she doesn't make the best what we call R and B or the best hip hop, but yeah, like she creates her own shit. It's she's just her own shit. Yeah, yeah. She she creates her own shit. Like, what, it's a great example you gave in Lauren. Like, she just got. Five, literally five genres of music and just fucking mixed them all together into the most <laughs> perfect potion I've ever heard perfect. in my life, right? Nobody else has done that. I'm still waiting for one of you to tell me who has done an album as good as Miss Education with five distinct genres you can name. I'm I'm still waiting on that. What are just, the genres? It's been a couple of years. Hit me, hit me with the... Uh, hip-hop, soul, reggae, R&B, and uh, uh, what's the fifth one? gospel okay yeah fair fair <laughs> yeah, you, yeah well you tested me all right cool um i was right, curious i was just curious <laughs> uh right okay so cookbook not a test i'm gonna scratch it all right so number one for me is uh all right it's a toss-up it's a toss-up mm. yeah it's tough. oh that's a good remix oh damn okay i got go construction that's number one for me like okay, uh, yep, yeah, yeah. So that's number one for me. I know it's the, probably the most uh, commercially uh, on point, but yeah, I, yeah, I love that shit. Missy, close second. Uh, ah, ah, so this way, I guess this way, I guess uh, tasty. This is not a test. Have some slaps. I will agree. Have some slaps. Yeah, I gotta go. This is not a test. Uh, then I'll go with. Uh, then I'll go with Super Duper. Then I'll go with. Uh, then I'll go with the. Ah, damn, that big boy feature slaps. Oh, juvenile. Oh, fuck. Oh, I forgot Beyonce's on there. You know. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So the cookbook and the, no, no, no. The real world and then the cookbook last year. Yeah, the cookbook last. Okay, bro. Yeah. It's I. I can. I can change. I could really change that if I give them all a listen again. I'll probably have it changed, but yeah, that's that's just how I'm seeing them. I mean, at the, the moment, has, <laughs> that is not the solid. Has, that is the liquid. That's a liquid list, bro. It's <laughs> a liquid list. The, the cookbook has lose control. I know, I know. Fuck. I can't go off one song, man. And I can't we, go off one but has we run, bro? This, this is, as well. is a, hey, this is a solid, solid catalog. Let's just say that this is uh, for a fire album catalog. It's a really hot top tier one. Let's just say that. I um I ran some numbers on her and I think her review average is the highest of all female rappers with four or more albums. It's like good in shit. the late seventies. Yeah, so. that's that's fact. That's fact. Honestly, I can't. I can't. I literally can't. That's, that's actually something I can't do. Like I can't name um, a female artist with like more than four albums and they're all like top tier. I can't. I struggle with that. 
female rapper. Can... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like, you know, Rhapsody has two for me. Um, I could I can name a few mixtapes, but I won't say I won't bother. You know, Little Sims has three now for me. Um, yeah, you know, I can't, <laughs> it's a struggle. You know what I just thought? Like I thought about her earlier, but Janelle Monae, like, oof. Why have maybe that is the one? That's a retrospective for a later day, man. That's a I know, but like maybe day. she is the one who has taken Missy's. Mantle. That's a great shout. Yeah. Picked up her torch. Because she Maybe. has her own label, right? Oh, fuck. Maybe. She We're both Googling own... yeah. it right now, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, Who's going to get this, there first? This is the answer. Now, this is the answer because she has um, Wonderland. This is the answer. Yes. Get uh, in, Ben. Bro, you've right. been A plus today. You've been A plus. Because. Because I was thinking she has three albums, and I'm thinking if Janelle yeah. puts out a fourth album, she's in this conversation by fucking far. And then I thought, hang on, she created Wonderland. Wonderland Art Society. Yes, with uh, the two studio. others. Janelle Monet is this. Wow. This is the answer. Fuck yeah. All right, all right. We got there in, in the end. Fucking yes. Shout out to Janelle Monet, man. Underrated. Fucking love you, Janelle Monet. Underrated. You're a legend. Underrated. All right, um... Let me, let me, that's definitely a retrospective. We have to, because I love Janelle Monet to death. So maybe that's a retrospective we can do one day. But I'll, uh, I will rank her albums, uh, Missy's albums. This is not a test. It has to be number one for me. I listened to it again this morning because I'm home alone for the next uh, few weeks. So at like 5 a.m. I'm waking up and just slapping music very loud. And this Lucky is not you. a test it was on it was great it's great it's beautiful it's a beautiful experience so that was that's number one under construction is number two as you say i just i love commercial missy i think that commercial missy isn't commercial jada kiss for example like it does not sound you know, yeah it's not pandering throat. it's not pandering yeah no, it's, it's not, not... pan and shout out jada kiss i love your commercials i don't want to be act like i'm shitting on jada kiss because i actually love his commercial <laughs> stuff but i do understand exactly what you're saying and Missy does not yeah. sound like she's pandering to anyone. She's creating shit that no one has freaking heard before. So that's yeah. number two. I would have the cookbook at number three just because I felt like, okay. man, those beats are insane. Missy yep. at number four. The Real World at number five. And I've got her debut album at number six. I'm I'm a big R&B fan, but I just didn't feel like Missy... You know, I felt like she was discovering herself and discovering her sound, and it, it just didn't hit for me. But I think mm-hmm. it's still a great album. Okay. So that's a, that's a great freaking discography, man. That's an incredible discography. Yeah. Um, I, 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 as a, like a final word, I mean, just like, it's, it's actually just a fascinating um, career. Like, you could, we, bro, we didn't even talk about the music videos. Um, oh. In that in that case, like the, when the, she popped the icon- up in the, the, the black trash bag, like she the iconography some shit. in her music she videos alone some shit, is a legendary man. status. Um, we didn't even get into that, so you know we we could literally do this for a good. A, a, well, I want to be realistic. Like we probably could talk about her for another half an hour, but like you know, it's 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 such a conversation and such a career. That is just worth the praise that it's getting, 
And honestly, I still think it's not enough praise. Like she just is an absolute trailblazer in every sense of the word. She's the definition of it. She's a definition of a trailblazer, and she's a definition of an original. She is a true original. Um, like there's, <laughs> she she took she she could have she could have easily just like have. There there are so many ways I can think about Missy in terms of like. You know, if she completely focused on just being a songwriter, she could have been one of the best songwriters of all time. If she wanted to completely focus on being a record executive, she could probably be one of the one of the biggest record executives that we know. Like, if if she wanted to just focus on one thing, she'd be the best at it. But she's just great at everything. Um, it's just unfortunate that I think that she just had to the the the, the her footprint didn't last as long as we thought it should and i'm glad that people you know our age and our, and our, our age range are you know shouting her name still because it really should be the case you know i think there are plenty of artists that are out right now that can't tie missy's shoes like from a creative standpoint from an originality standpoint from an authenticity standpoint and i think that should be praised you know just Highly, highly Mount Everest levels. <laughs> that's the, that's literally all I have to say. It's so simple. I actually is an absolute legend in every right. It's actually crazy to think about. It really is. One hundred percent. Let me just hit people with some tiny stats, but there are massive stats just to finish. Okay, this it. is one of my favorite. Work it is one of only three Hot One Hundred top tens, and this is not just in hip hop, just across the board, produced by a woman in the two thousands. One of the other ones is Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z. So that was written by two females and he took it himself. Um, he paid for it. but So that is amazing. I love that. I love that. Uh, she yeah. has... Where's her writing credits in here? She Since 1993, she has 288 songwriting and production credits. 151 of those came on tracks that she does not perform vocals on. So she is not the lead or guest performer she wrote or produced that song. She's written for Raven Simone, Jodeci, Aaliyah, 702, Busta Rhymes, Genuine, Mariah Carey, Diddy, Whitney Houston, Destiny's Child, Nas, NSYNC, Take Five, Christina Aguilera, Pink, Mary J. Blige, Beyonce, Sierra, Keisha Cole, Jennifer Hudson, uh, Hudson, Angie Stone, Jasmine Sutherland, Eminem. So she's written a shitload Commercial success, she was the highest selling female rapper of the 1990s. She even sold outsold Lauren with regards to albums. And Billboard says that she's the highest selling female rapper with regards to albums of all time with 7.6 million copies. So, bro, man, that's... I'm so glad we started off this this uh, Women's History Month with her, to be honest. I'm so glad. She's like, a legend. If, she's a she, legend. It really, she really is the blueprint. Like, it's, it's she just... Missy, and you know you, you can creatively, you know you can you can add other people, but like it's literally just her. Like I don't, it's just just one of the most unique careers I've ever I've ever seen. Yeah, it's unbelievable. unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. I yeah, I don't know. It's... All right, well, let's just let's just let's just segue in the only way we know how and just do it. Um, have you got a light note at all? <laughs> have you got one this week? <clears throat> um. Not really, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a long week for me, but 
you know, it's just, it's just, it's just how it goes, I guess, sometimes, so, you know, I can't really, in hindsight, I can't really complain at the moment, but, yeah, it's just, it's just rugged, it's just been rugged, to be honest, but, yeah, I can't really, can't really, uh, I don't really have anything in mind, to be honest, I'm just, um, just trying to keep calm. <laughs> Fuck audacity. <laughs> Fuck audacity. Don't don't bother. Don't bother, man. It's all good. It's all good. Don't talk about it. Um, it's been an interesting week in Australia. Uh, the great toilet paper crisis. Um, you are being uh, ransacked too. Is everyone panic buying too? Oh, God. oh my God. It's worse than you could imagine. The point it's so unnecessary where... unnecessary phone, it's so silly. Like, how stupid are you people? You know, like it's the a, crazy it's thing. It's a flu in- epidemic, not a not an, an asteroid. Like you sneezing is not going to ail you from I don't know cooking a chicken or taking a shit. Like it doesn't it doesn't correlate. <laughs> and the problem is, like, if you like me and me and my mum went out and we you know we thought if we have to self isolate. Which actually happens, like my auntie and uncle have had to self-isolate for two weeks because they right. came back from India and she yeah. has a bad cold. So we thought, oh, you know, the first couple of days, maybe people are busy, so we can't get supplies, people can't bring stuff to us. So we got enough, we, we bought two roll, two packets of toilet paper and basically enough food that if we had to self-isolate, we'd be all right for two days. Then after that, we're like, we have friends and family who can just buy us food and drop it at our doorstep and we can pick it up. It's not like it's not like they have to put our house in a tent and no one's allowed in or out. Like, mm. you know, people can drop stuff off for us. But then in Australia, like, people are buying, like, six months' worth of supply of toilet paper in one day. People are genuinely losing their shit. I went to the supermarket yesterday with Winnie and we were, like, walking down the toilet paper aisle and the guy had just brought out a new pack like a new giant you know thing to restock the shelves literally within 15 seconds it had been picked everyone was just grabbing it off the fucking thing before he even got to the shelf and then just running it's been a week like this and people are still doing this it's unbelievable and australians are so silly that i just buy my toilet paper from if i need it from a service station because people don't recognize that service stations sell toilet paper like but then all the food is still food has not been stockpiled, so they're just stockpiling toilet paper. I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Like it's just so silly. People don't understand how capitalism works. Of course, there's going to be a toilet paper shortage if you start panic buying. If you panic buy anything, there's going to be a shortage. The only way to stop that shortage is to stop panic buying. Don't continue to panic buy. Like it, it just compounds the problem. So. It's been a wild week, man. It's been a really wild week in Australia. Yeah, I, 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 I struggle with this whole. Uh, I, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic. By the way, I did say epidemic before, but I don't know if it's a pandemic or epidemic. Like people keep saying that it's both words, and I'm just like, which is it? I know they're different, but I don't know how different. But anyway, um, I just can't be asked to look it up at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's so. This whole thing is so odd. You know, it's just like. There are people on one side of the spectrum that are just doing too much. Like you said, they're just like, it's just highly unnecessary. But, you know, there is also, uh, you know, whole countries that have been locked down. So, you know, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so hard to gauge. And also, you know, from a, in a more micro standpoint, you know, there are like, you know, South by Southwest has been cancelled. Coachella might be cancelled. But then again, 
the NBA is still going. Um, F1 recently announced that they're going to Melbourne. That's gonna be they're gonna do. That's not gonna do anything different. Um, they're gonna go to Bahrain, but the but with no spectators. So you know, there's it's a lot of people either cancelling whole wholly or like you know not having spectators and just not having crowds, or just acting like nothing's happening. It's the the levels are too different. The levels are way too different everywhere. So yeah, it's just so hard to grasp. But um, yeah, man, I, I'm 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 personally I, I've said this several times. Um, like in the past few days, I'm just like. If my mum's a pharmacist technician, um, so she's not not on the front line, but she's on a line. Um, so yeah, if if she ain't swearing, I ain't swearing. That's that's all I can do to be honest. So I'm just gonna take my breaths, drink my water, and keep it pushing. I mean, what else can you do? Like, I, I don't understand. You know, that I agree with you. It's so hard to gauge, and and governments are so inept at this point that this is one thing I thought about during the week because. The thing that happened was our prime minister said there is no reason to panic and there is no reason to stockpile supplies. Literally within an hour of him doing that, every fucking Woolworths and Coles was sold out of toilet paper because people distrust our prime minister <laughs> so much because he just he just constantly lies about so it. So the one I'm, time I'm, he was he was correct. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm dead serious. This guy lie. He's a pathological liar. He's been on That's TV funny. and he just... He will lie about everything, and people distrust him so much that when he says "don't panic," they believe it's cause for panic. So they went out and bought everything. And I had this thought: I was talking to one of my friends as we were driving home, and we were talking about how it looks like Trump is a possibility of winning the next election. And I was like, there was a point back in the day where unintelligent people would elect intelligent people to lead them because it made them feel safer. Now. Right. It's like unintelligent people are electing similarly unintelligent people to lead them because it makes them feel less like they're stupid. It's just so dumb to me. It's like, oh, you know, Morrison's on TV and saying things that I think, so I want him to lead us. No, you should have the self-awareness to know you're not intelligent enough to have an opinion on these things. So don't. Shut the fuck up and vote someone in who's actually intelligent and can lead us because at the moment... Like the stuff that's happening in America with their, you know, response to the the virus is crazy. Like they're charging people three thousand dollars to get tested. Charlie and I were talking about South Korea, and they're just rocking up to people's houses and testing everyone. Like that's fucking genius. They're swabbing you. They get back in the car. They, they, they you log your details. They go test you, and then they tell you if you have coronavirus or not. In a, that's free. In America, they charge you three grand if you call them and say, "Oh, I'm sick." They say, stay the fuck home. <laughs> stay home. We don't want you here. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? Too funny. Oh, man. It's, it's just a wild. It's a, it's a, it's a clusterfuck on a global scale. It's actually crazy. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, mm. that's our, you know, week. Uh, uh, the only amount of time I've talked about Corona the, the past week is actually crazy. But anyway. Yeah, we needed to just talk a little bit, but that's enough. Uh, I'm fucking over coronavirus. So I want right, to hear about cool. this shit. <laughs> I don't want to... I hope it doesn't fuck my trip up. You know... Okay, I will say one more thing. <laughs> fuck you. No, no, this is not about corona. This is about my trip in September to London. Fuck you, travel insurance companies, for loading up my travel insurance just because I have anxiety and depression. So I have a $100 policy that cost me $279. 
because I have anxiety and depression, they added another $179 to my fucking policy, even though I've never, I haven't been hospitalized since 2015, and that was for one day, and there's no fucking way I need to be hospitalized for my condition. So I just want to say that. Fuck you. You know, anxiety and depression sucks. We're not happy about living it. We don't want to be charged extra. Like, it almost makes me not want to get travel insurance, but... I have to get travel insurance because if the whole world goes on lockdown because of this shit, I'm, I want to. I, I want to come anyway. Fuck it, man. I haven't had the flu in five years. I, I don't care. I'll come anyway. I'll just be. I'll be fine, man. I'm. I'm fit. I. I can't miss going to London just because this stupid coronavirus. So we got to sort that shit out before September five. Okay, we should. We shall. We shall see that 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 chestiness in in terms of just like. I'm good. I'm fit. <laughs> it's just like that's yeah, not how, that's how illnesses work, my guy. But okay. Next next week. Next week I'll be. Uh, so I'm on the podcast. Of, um, Charlie, can we record ten podcasts this week? Because I'm self isolating. Like, like, <laughs> corona flu. Bro, oh man, that's shit. crazy. Touch right, knock, knock, knock on some wood. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been digging digits. So if you enjoyed this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. Wash your hands, wipe your ass, and all that. <laughs> you should rich. always be doing that, by the way. <laughs> Please. Well, wiping your ass and washing your hands are kind of exclusive. So if people are saying wash your hands, then clearly people aren't wiping their ass. But anyway, um, <laughs> hope you all have a good week. <laughs> we shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Jailbreakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip-hop by numbers, bonus points, and Jailhawk Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip-hop by numbers collaboration. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Digging in the Digits.